Welcome to Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast talking all things in the gaming industry. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, Tony Erickson, and joining me today is a very special guest. Yes. This is where you you can introduce yeah. yourself. Sorry, uh, my name's Tyler Womit. I also go by Sir Wiggles to get great in the gaming sphere. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll just leave it at that for now. <laughs> and uh, Tyler, we're going to start with a little game called Favorites. I ask you a few questions. You tell me what your... I, and I want your favorite video game, video game character, favorite video game soundtrack, and what you're excited for in the year of 2020. Ooh. So, well, with the year of 2020, that's an easy one. Cyberpunk 2077, obviously. Mm, yes. That is yeah. that is what I've been waiting for for a very long time. Yes. Uh, favorite video game? That is a big question. Uh, Command & Conquer is, like, the top. That's what got me into gaming. Uh, mm. However, more recently, I've been diving into, like, Battle Royales, like Apex Legends, and getting back into strategy games, like, from Paradox, from like Stellaris and Hearts of Iron 4. Uh, but I, I play a wide range of games. Favorite video <laughs> game character? Itali Zora from Mass Effect 3. Okay. Uh, best, one of my favorite RPG games on top of that, but uh, just a very well-rounded out character and I very much love the interactions that you can do with that character in the game. Yes. Um, All right. Yeah. And favorite soundtrack, video game soundtrack. Oh. Halo, obviously. The Halo okay, soundtrack. yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a, that's a good one. That's ten out of ten. Yeah, I've, uh, I played a little bit of Halo recently. Uh, my brother um, has been playing Halo, and I visited him just before quarantine got real bad. Um, so we played some Halo a bit. It was nice. So yeah, I've been diving into the the Master Chief collection here. I've gotten through Reach, and I'm playing through Combat Evolved now. Nice. Are you, are you going to tackle the lasso challenge eventually? I am unfamiliar with the lasso challenge. Legendary, all skulls on. Uh, maybe. It might be stream worthy at some point, but I kind of not very good at video games, and that is my staple. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. Uh, we're gonna jump in, uh, right into a brand new segment uh, right before we get into the weekend review, and this is uh, Tony's impromptu game review. Uh, this only really happens when I complete a new video game uh, because I completed a new game recently, and it was uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake. I finished it last night, and when I say finish, I mean story related. I'm not 100% done. I'm still going to attempt to platinum the game, which. There are some challenges in there that are going to be grindy and tedious, but overall, uh, it'll give me something to do before I jump back into the Yakuza series. Uh, as for uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I highly recommend uh, checking the game out. Um, it's, it's good. It's 10 out of 10. Good, good game. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. Play it for yourself. Um Definitely some new things that old Final Fantasy VII fanatics will notice, um, especially the whispers, which are a huge part for the end game and kind of mid game as well. Um, but yeah, uh, and I'm excited to see what they're what they're planning to do next with the second installment of Final Fantasy VII Remake Two. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of people playing. The Final yeah. Fantasy VII game. It's, I haven't gotten into it myself, but looks great. It's 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 so good. Combat. Uh, it takes a little bit to get used to the combat, um, but after you get, you can. It's after chapter one, you really get the the hang of what you're doing with it. So that makes it really nice. Nice. All right, and now we're going to jump into our first uh, major segment. It's the Week in Review, where we cover all the major game releases and big news updates in the gaming industry from the past week. 
Um, there wasn't a lot for game-wise. Um, the May Day event in Animal Crossing New Horizons just started yester- uh, yesterday, which is Friday, from when we were recording this. Uh, Moving Out came out this past week for everything. And <clears throat> Dragon Ball Z Kakarot DLC 1 uh, is now out. Uh, can't say I know much of that, but I've also been out of touch with the news cycle as of late when it comes to games, so... Uh, the, the... The Kakarot DLC covers Battle of the Gods, the start of, uh, Goku and Vegeta turning into Super Saiyan Gods. That's what the first DLC entails. Moving Out is a, uh, very popular physics-based moving game. Uh, moving simulator is what it, I've heard. It's supposed to be really wacky and really fun. It's out on everything, so... Good game to check out. As for news, uh, we got the reveal trailer for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It looks pretty dope. Have you seen the trailer yet, Tyler? Yeah. Well, uh, for most people that know me and my things about Assassin's Creed, the trailer looks dope. Uh, I'll just leave it at that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Vikings. I, I, I like that. I like the turn with the Vikings. Um, I haven't touched an Assassin's Creed game in forever, though. I think the last one I played to completion was Assassin's Creed 4, and that's about it. I've played up to 4, so I've played one, one, two, Brotherhood, Revelations, 3, and 4. Yeah, Everything I cut past it, I haven't played. I cut it quits at uh, Brotherhood. Played a little bit of Black Flag, but that's less of an Assassin's Creed game and more just a pirate game. Pirate simulator. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Uh, Deadly Premonition 2 dropped a new trailer and got its release date is July 10th. And uh, that that's going to be on the Switch from the looks of it. So that looks good for those Deadly Premonition fans. Uh, Naughty Dog had a big um, thing that happened. Um, the Last of Us 2, the ending, was leaked. And who leaked it? One of the developers. I kind of love it when they do that. Yeah, uh, by the sound of it, it was. I, I don't know the full details. I didn't really look into it, only because I still haven't actually played the first Last of Us game, so I still need to get on that, per se. Um, will I play Last of Us two? I probably won't when it does come out, only because I I haven't played the first one yet, and I'd rather know a bit more than just what I've like seen and read about the first one before I jump into the second one. Yeah, I also haven't uh, played Last of Us. I've seen a lot of gameplay of Last yeah, of exactly. Us, but haven't played it for myself. So mm-hmm. uh, The Summer Game Fest uh, was announced by Jeff Keighley in replacement of E3, and it's going all summer long from May to August of this year. If you check out Jeff Keighley's Twitter, he's the host of the Game Awards. Um, he's putting on this with a bunch of game developers. They're going to make announcements all summer long and kind of a, in, to replace E3 this year because it got canceled. Um, so expect that. Uh, Wave 1 features like uh, Activision, Warner Brothers games, and so many other uh, game developers. I can't remember the whole list. Those are just, just the two that I remember off the top of my head. But if you check out Jeff Keighley's Twitter, it shows everything planned for the first phase of this project that's going to get revealed from the companies. Uh, it doesn't say what's going to be revealed, so just keep an eye out on the internet because who knows I, what I, what's entail. I had, I had to drink water there. My voice is getting a bit <laughs> raspy. <laughs> oh, good. And on May 7th, uh, this upcoming week, the Xbox Series X will be revealing some next-gen gameplay. So look forward to that, Xbox fans, and just video game fans who love new technology. Oh, new tech. Yes, new tech. And that's all that for news that's coming out this week. And now let's move on to the game releases for the week ahead. Um, two, uh, nothing coming out on Monday, but on Tuesday, John Wick Hex comes out for the PS4. It's been out on the PC and Xbox for a while, though, but it's finally coming over to the PS4. 
Someday You'll Return is coming out on Steam, a psychological horror game that looks pretty dope. I read the description. It's like you're returning to the woods, but you didn't want to have to return to the woods because of a dark secret that you had about some girl. Sounds uh, spooky. spooky. Sounds spooky. Uh, War Tile. War Tile Hell's Nightmare DLC is coming out on everything. The PC, Xbox One, and PS4. Switch doesn't have the game, so it's coming out on the big three, though. Uh, nothing coming out on Wednesday. On Thursday, a lot of Switch uh, games are coming out. We got Fledgling Heroes, which is a side-scroller where you're a bird, and it's got huge customizability. Customize your bird, customize levels, share levels. Looks pretty good. You got Lonely Mountains Downhill coming to the Switch, which has been on a few other platforms here and there, but it's finally moved, making its way over to the Switch. And Arborea is also coming to the Switch, a dungeon crawler-esque game. Um, and Wavy the Rocket comes out on Steam, which is a very a very precision-based platformer, but it's not really a platformer. It's like a side-scroller because you're a rocket, so you don't actually land. You're just constantly flying, but you determine the tra trajectory with it. Check out the trailer for that one because that game looks looks like it might be like on some of the harder levels, like a rage-inducing game. And that's all the game releases. And those are all the game releases uh, for this week. Anything from that list stand out for you, Tyler? Uh, not really. Like I said, I've been kind of out of the gaming news cycle for a bit. Uh, just with everything that's been going on. But yeah, um, that rocket platformer game sounds absolutely rage-inducing and might be fun to play. So yeah, go check it out. The uh, Check out uh, all those games. Um, yeah. Uh, we're now going to move on to the bulk of our podcast, like always. It's the question of the week. And uh, the question this week, what game or games did you think were go wasn't going to be good, but ended up loving every bit of it? So what games did you think were going to be bad, but you ended up loving it? And also the reverse. What games did you think were going to be good, but ended up being awful? And Tyler, I'll let you start. That, that's a tough question. So what game was bad that I thought was going to be bad that ended up being good? And what game was uh, did you think was going to be good but ended up being bad? Yeah, I'm going to start with that first one there. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to, you know, roast Blizzard again like I usually <laughs> do. Uh, Heroes of the Storm. I have a bunch of mates that love playing it, but... For a MOBA, I think it's kind of garbage. Uh, it's ninety percent of the time it's broken. I thought it was going to be good because it had all the StarCraft characters in it, and I kind of got a little bit hype for its initial release when it first came out. But yeah, that just absolute trash for very many reasons. Probably why it's not an esport anymore. <laughs> uh, Probably. But games Games that I thought were going to be bad, but were good. Actually, Dishonored. I didn't... Really? I, I wasn't... Like, when I first saw the release for Dishonored, when it, like, way back, before Dishonored 2... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. When it first came out, I, I wasn't into it. I didn't think it looked that good. The art style kind of threw me off. And actually, I could say the same for Borderlands as well. Like, I didn't get into Borderlands till way late. Yes, yeah, I'll um, agree with you on the Borderlands one. I didn't uh, only recently uh, did I pick up like the Handsome Collection, like I want to say last year, and I played through Borderlands two, and I loved it. Yeah, so like Dishonored and Borderlands are kind of on the same wavelength, where I just like it didn't look that great. I wasn't into it. The story kind of didn't quite make sense to me when it was like first released. I obviously didn't see all the pictures because it's an initial release type of stuff but then when i started actually playing it oh man i loved it everything about it amazing i have very I little to... criticism about those games <laughs> i need to really get back into dishonored like i played it on the 360 when it was like a free game for the month and i i got past the first initial area and then when i got to like the second area of the game i just i, I don't know i just like, dropped it right there and like be with like again, younger me and older me are like very different types of gamers. Uh, younger me was very much uh, that Call of Duty slash shooter type of gamer, 
who didn't really have too much patience when it came to certain things. Like, I still, like, grinded a few games up to 100% if I really invested my time into it. But, like, Dishonored, when I was younger, I just couldn't. Yeah, no, I've never really been, like, the, the 100 percenter. Like, I've always been a very, if I'm playing, like, a first-person game, very story-intensive. I really yeah. like to get in-depth with the characters, which is what I liked about Dishonored. Like, you really kind of, like, see the story playing that character, even though mm. there's not a lot of choice in it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean... Yeah, no, it's just so good. And then, the, like, the powers, the abilities, the combat system is, like, enjoyable because of what you can do, but also gives you that, like, difficulty of actually trying to maneuver, so you get more of an immersive feel. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, definitely, definitely a game I want to pick up again to try and actually, like, play legitimately for once. But uh, currently, Final Fantasy and uh, the remaining Yakuza games are taking up my time slot. Because um, I recently just grabbed the uh, Yakuza HD collection, which is the remaster of 3, 4, and 5. Um, which will be the next batch of Yakuza games I played. Because I've played every other Yakuza game aside from 6. Um, so I've played 0, 1, and 2. And then the spin-off game, Judgment, which, honestly, Judgment is such a great game, and I, I'm just going to plug it right here because it's such a good game that if even if you'd like... Like, it's a good entry point for those trying to get into the Yakuza series, honestly. Because it helps build the... Even though, like, the Yakuza game builds the world that Judgment takes place in, Judgment is just a very good standalone title uh, spin-off game for the Yakuza series. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. I haven't actually played the the Yakuza series at all and seen really very good. little gameplay. Uh, I, I, I live in a different world of the gaming most of the time. Yeah, we, we, I, we definitely usually, do, yeah. It definitely doesn't cross my path very often. Yeah, we definitely do are, are very on two very different uh, sides of gaming, whereas I'm on the more mainstream, like action-adventure, some RPGs here and there. You're very much on the tactical... RPGs, oh, like RPG RTS. strategy games. I play a lot of like yeah. first-person shooters. Uh, anything that's like tactical. Yeah. Or story-based. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, back onto the the question of what game uh, I thought was going to be good, but was bad, and what game I thought would be bad but was good. Um, a little bit biased here. Um, well, I, I'll say that apart. Uh, a part of my answer will be Sonic 06 for a game I thought would be bad, but was good because Sonic 06 gets a lot of shit for well, mostly because it's like an unfinished game. And I definitely agree with you th with a lot of people there, but the story for it isn't too bad until you reach the ending. But until then, like everything's it's good enough for me. Like I, it was enjoyable playing through that broken pile of garbage game, but it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable, oddly enough, when I picked it up years ago, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this." And I think I got it for like ten bucks in the EB Games bargain bin because that's where you want to get that game if, you, <laughs> if you're a sadist like me. Well, at least you enjoyed it. Like I, I enjoyed it. I, I, there were certain parts that definitely were like annoying, like Sonic's speed sections. We're not we're not good, and Silver's mechanics here and there would sometimes be a bit screwy. But Shadow's story was like flawless. Like aside from like just like it, the game itself being like uncompleted, like you can tell that there are like things that like could be fixed. But Shadow was playable. His thing was playable without issue, and that was fine with me. Yeah, well, if you could play an unfinished game with enjoyability i think that's just a win in itself <laughs> honestly it is um as for games that i thought would be good but were really bad it's hard it's i gotta think because i've played so many video games i, I guess i could when i was younger uh, doritos crash course 2 for the xbox 360 well, hashtag sponsor in a game, jeez. <laughs> so this was uh, the, this was it, it was a sequel as well because there was a 
back on, uh, like, I don't even remember. Back when Xbox Arcade was, like, huge in its prime for the 360, uh, Doritos put out a game where you played as your avatar, and it was basically, like, uh, ultimate uh, an Ultimate Ninja Warrior-type game where it's just an obstacle course you run. Okay. And, uh... Um, it's just like, and Doritos are everywhere. Like not, not like actual like chip bags, but like, it was like sponsorships on like the signs and whatnot. And it was a really fun game. Actually, it was real. The first game was really fun and enjoyable. And then the sequel came out and like, I was looking like the fact, I think I like knew about it because like a lot of people were like excited for it. I was just disappointed with it because it just didn't have the same charm that the first one had. Well, like, what specifically about it, like, was it bad? Like, was it a gameplay mechanic? Was it, like, or was it just kind of, like, overhyped and you were just kind of disappointed going into it? It was kind of more overhyped for me. Like, gameplay-wise, it was about the same with, like, a few minor changes that I that could have gone without. Uh, the level, level layouts were definitely a lot not as memorable either. Like I can remember the Doritos one levels. Like there was like a Las Vegas, a London, uh, a Japan level and two others. I can't remember the other two, but like those three stand out to me. I can't remember a single thing about crash course two. Well, yeah, if you can't remember it, that kind of just gives it a, you know, it's obviously not not good enough to be remembered. So it's a bad (laughs) game. (laughs) Um, I will say that there are also like games that like I was looking that I've like played and like oh yeah I'm getting into it and like get into it but then it just falls off at a point and you just like stop playing has that ever happened to you where it's like you're enjoying a game but like you just reach a certain part of the game and you're just like fuck I can't really I I'm just like sick of the game yeah actually recently uh, oh Red Dead Redemption two really yeah so I. Playing, first getting into Red Dead Redemption 2, really love the game. I love Old West games. There's not a lot of them yeah, that are actually like, decent. It's like Red Dead Redemption 1, Red Dead Revolver. That's about it that yeah, I can think of. Basically. So I got to Saint Denis. Or okay. Saint Denis. And I just, I don't know. I, I, kinda, I got bored. Couldn't finish it. And I think it's... I don't know, and I do. I think I've had this happen with a couple of Rockstar games, but I'll definitely come back to it because I didn't hate the game. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I mean, on mm. P- I play on PC, and I do most of my gaming on PC, so you can definitely tell with my criticism with it with Red Dead Redemption Two is that it's definitely ported for console. Like your keyboard commands and stuff are, it's just not smooth at all. Ooh. Yeah, so like it, it takes a lot to get used to, especially if you jump games as much as I do. So mm. it, it's it's a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I, I just got bored of it. Um, I'll probably come back to it in a couple of months or so when I when I run out of story games to play and want to shoot some people in the old west. <laughs> but yeah, did the same thing ever happen to you with the first Red Dead? No, but I didn't own the first Red Dead. I played oh. that at a friend's house in, well, whenever I came out, high school, junior high. Yeah. It's, it's a, um, a, like, what? Fairly like old more, game, it's, so. it's, yeah, it's, like, more than 10 years old? Yeah, so. It was, like, a little but, bit after GTA 4, right? Or was it just before GTA 4? It was just before GTA 4. Oh, frick. Yeah, so I would have been, what, 15? I guess oh, at that man. time, and I my friend had it, so like uh, there was enough spacing in between like days that I played it, where yeah. I couldn't get bored of it because it yeah it was like you, know, you play one day a week or whatever and yeah, so it's yeah like that was definitely uh, very similar to me and uh, one of my friends when I would go over his place and play Halo, and then when I got my Xbox I would play more Halo, but before I had my Xbox and I was just a Nintendo exclusive man. Uh, going over to a friend's place and playing something that wasn't Nintendo was a nice breath of fresh air. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because I because I grew up I grew up on GameCube and Wii and DS. That was my that was my childhood for gaming until I until Christmas of like 2013, 2012, 2013, um, when we got the uh, 360. 
And then from there, it was like, okay, we're going to upgrade to next gen. What do we want to get PS4? Um, because it had better exclusives and was going to get better exclusives down the line, like Spider-Man and uh, just more stuff. And I was like, hell yeah. And look at me now, playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time in a remake. But it's only the first five hours from the original game lengthened into 40. <laughs> That's a, quite a jump for content. But I know I think I had a different experience with gaming than than you did because I wasn't exclusive. I wasn't ever exclusive to one thing. I started on PC, and then PlayStation was I guess my like kind of limit until the Xbox 360 came out. And then we had both. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've kind of bounced around, and now now I'm pretty much exclusively PC because it's just the way the gaming world works. Yeah, and I, you know, PC with what I do, race. For, uh, for me, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what I do for work as well, but yeah, uh, it's like PC just just makes sense for me now. It, yeah, there's also like it also has like the biggest library with like you have Steam and now you have uh, the Epic Game Store and you just have like you got so Origin, they, and, which yeah, cringe a little bit, but yeah, you know. there's Origin as well, but like again, <laughs> EA. Yeah, had so much respect for EA. We'll get it. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah ea what well, okay that, that, that's a question i want to ask when did ea stop being good right after command and conquer 3 came out really yeah. and so what year was that then that would have been oh geez let me look that up uh because i got it like right here command and conquer 3 2007 Jeez. So that was even before. So that, wow. Jeez. That, 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 that is my cutoff for like when EA just dove into the pit and stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. 2007. So that, yeah, that makes sense. Because like, I think then, like, even before then, the only games of, like, EA I knew were, like, the EA sport games. And, like, those are, like, pretty straightforward. It's just sports games. Like, those have their specific niche audience per sport. And, like, but the only not, one... They're definitely not bad games. Like, they're definitely not bad not games. There's not much change throughout. Like, you can go back and play, like, NHL, two, like, 2000 or... 2K, whatever they called it. Hey, uh, yeah, they had they had the play, 2000s ones and yeah. play like probably what the 2020 release one. It's gonna have the same feel to it, obviously with like different game engine and better graphics and yeah, stuff updated like that. Ro- updated rosters and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but that is like the only and like the only one. There's only like two that people talk about, which is the Madden series and uh, FIFA. Yeah. So and, uh, FIFA. I think that's that's definitely what's carrying them. <laughs> yeah, for the on the EA Sports side, definitely. Um, and then they got the rights to Star Wars games. Okay, I will. And, I will uh, give a post EA prop, like a prop up for their one Star Wars game. One Star Wars game. Which one is it? I think I might know which one it is, but I want to hear it from you. Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The MMO. So, yeah. It's like it's not great because MMOs they're very hard to make really really good. Yeah, Let, let's be honest here. Uh, but for being a Star Wars game and following a story and having a bit of choice with your character, yeah, it's, it's a decent game. Me and my friends play it every once in a while, so I mean it's a good game to like jump back to. So mm. yeah. Uh, on the topic but, of MMOs, I have a question for you. I'll let you finish your thought first. Ah, uh, sorry, I kind of lost. I was gonna ramble on something else but yeah what's your question <laughs> um did you ever play destiny or know of destiny i played a little bit of destiny one but i never owned it myself okay. uh and then i was in the beta for destiny two All and right. i was thinking about getting it but never executed it because i'm like we did have a lot of fun and then i started hearing about the like the kind of like downfall bad of destiny to it i'm like ah. yeah, yeah the activision part of it mostly and Bungie yeah just... and i i kind of just like oh well then i i don't really think it's worth like taking time and plus for me for mmos i gotta have a group of people to play with otherwise it kind of gets boring after a yeah. while and i'm very very critical about mmos specifically yeah. i don't know why 
Maybe it's because I don't want it to be World of Warcraft. But <laughs> oh, I, I I can shit on Blizzard every day of the week, dude. And, same. and I will. Dude, the same. only There's Blizzard a... game I like is Overwatch, and I will shit on that game while playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, I've had like issues with Blizzard. Like I've never really touched a Blizzard. Like I played a little bit of Overwatch at a friend's place once. Didn't care for it because it's just not my style of game, of how Overwatch works. But I just, it's just like the way Blizzard treats their community that I'm just like, man, you guys need to just do better. Oh, I just take issue with the game designers and the development team. And I'm speaking as, like, not a game designer, so obviously I don't know and I'm a little bit biased on my thinking here. Yeah. Just throw that out there. But every time you release a new character in Overwatch or Heroes of the Storm, they are broken as fuck. <laughs> I mean, I feel, like that's, I feel like that's, like, an issue with, like, a lot of, like, mainstream games when they release a new character. Like, if you even Smash Bros. is guilty of it. Uh, definitely like when you look at like smash four, when they started doing DLC, uh, cloud was broken when he came out, Corrin was broken when he came out, Mayo, Bayonetta was broken when she came out. And then even now with like ultimate coming out and the five first five DLC characters, each one was well, Joker here, Joker and Banjo were definitely broken on their release. Uh, hero felt more balanced. And Terry was definitely very uh, technical. Um, if you could mass, if you were like a huge fighting game person and like it had the like proper inputs for it, then it was very technical. You could ace him. And now with Byleth, like the downbeat is gr- down downbeat was great uh, when she he and she came out, but like that's about it. Yeah, see, I'm I'm the one in Smash Bros that just down bees as Kirby all the time, so. Yeah, but no, uh, I think that the developers and game designers, the one thing that they really need to work on, and th- I know they try, or they at least pretend to try with, like, PTR servers and whatnot, um, is they just play test. you got to play test. If you know it's absolutely broken, fix it before release. <laughs> yeah. Before you piss off the community with a broken-ass character. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I agree with you on that. Um, uh, on the Destiny thing again, sorry. We went off topic, but that's fine. Um, I was going to ask, oh, what do you think of it? Destiny now being more of an MMO now than it was when it was at launch? Okay, since I wasn't actually like really into it at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I think it kind of has like a war, like the first one with its small kind of MMO-ish feel into going into two kind of had like the Warframe aspect where it's like you and a group of buddies just doing stuff for stuff. Yeah. So like yeah. It's, just, it's, just a, it's just a game to grind with friends and it was a lot of fun. Uh, it going into the more MMO-ish style, I, I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of MMOs just for the simple fact that the you can't do as much with them as like a single player or a base player, like a small player capacity in just technical aspects, but all right. I don't know. I'd be interesting to see if they continue going somewhere with it. Well, they Um, are. And the new expansion uh, comes out later this fall for it. Um, Yeah. So I, I, I'll I'll be the one that just continue kind of watching it to see where it goes and where it evolves and just see just, uh, how Activision does with this game. It's just Bungie now. Activision's oh, it's just, out. Right, right, right. Yeah. So Activision left. Right, right. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah. Very interested to see how this game turns out. Yeah, definitely. All right, we're gonna move on to our guest chosen topic of the week, and uh, Tyler, why don't you start us off for this? So remember when I was saying where EA took a turn at 2007? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this story starts back in the wonderful year of 1995, oh. I think, whenever that first game came out. Yeah. You know what? Just for fact-checking reasons, I'm going to look it up. We're going to fact-check that real quick for your viewer, uh, listeners uh, with our handy-dandy yeah, friend. 19, uh, Mr. Ni- 1995. 95. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I didn't start playing in 1995 because I was a baby. But 
And uh, as a baby, I was on that computer learning my first. I wasn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't speak first. I typed first. Yeah, basically, kind of. <laughs> uh, I started playing Command and Conquer when I was like four, so that would have been '98. Wait, really? Uh, yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, that is my first experience with gaming. Command and Conquer, the OG game, 1998. Wow. Okay then. So, and that's why I like the immediate immediate love for gaming right there. Loved it. Okay. Uh, I got into RTSs really, really strong. Basically, from that point on, going all the way into the end of high school is when I like started very like adding variation more variation than kind of the mainstream stuff yeah uh but yeah so i started command and conquer in 1998 and i've played through both variations of that series so command and conquer command and conquer red alert all the way through till the release date of command and conquer 4 wow Holy. i play yeah so it it was a journey nonetheless. Uh, I got really, really good at it too, to the point where I think that there was a small batch of like a local tournaments and stuff that you, you entered, kind of like StarCraft, but it wasn't obvious, obviously not on as large of a scale. Yeah. Uh, that I was, that I participated in as well when I was younger. Dang. Um, Did you win? I've won a couple. Ooh. Yeah. But obviously, small scale stuff. I don't, yeah. I don't think there was. If there was a professional version of it, I was never a part of it. Wow. You think – okay, so here's a question then. Uh, with the remaster now coming out of the of uh, Command & Conquer and Red Alert uh, coming out on June 5th, was it? June 5th. June 5th. Uh, do you think that with this remaster, a resurgence in the Command & Conquer esports will take place? I don't know. RTS has definitely fallen off the map, and I can understand why, because it takes a... Unlike like your Call of Duties, your Apex Legends, your Battle Royales nowadays, people like that like immediate satisfaction in games. <laughs> or, like, uh, they're the, the, the just looking to kind of, like, be... Uh, it's going to sound really kind of harsh, but be dumb in a game. They don't want to think too much. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get... I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, it takes a certain... Pa- it's like patience. And a yeah, lot of... It, it's patience. It's skill. You have to be very strategically minded to play some of these games. Mm-hmm. So I, I get why the, the niche has shrunk a lot yeah. over the last, well, probably 10 years now. Um but uh, I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that there's a resurgence. I I'm on the side leaning that there's probably not. But I will definitely be diving into it because you know nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I've already actually started, but diving back into some of the older Command and Conquer games just for just to prepare kicks. yourself. Ju- just for kicks because I'm like, oh, it's coming out. I want to go. I hope they continue to remaster some of the other ones like Red Alert Two and I don't know. G- Command and Conquer Generals could probably use a remaster as well. But, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Here's a question for you. Red Alert. That was um, both games are famous for using uh, real people in their cutscenes, like live action cutscenes, right? Yeah. Yep. And Red Alert uh, featured uh, a very famous one uh, played by Tim Curry, if I'm correct. Yeah, so Tim Curry was in Red Alert 3 as kind of the main Soviet leader. Yes. Uh, also, uh, another famous guy. Uh, I should remember his name, so I'm going to feel dumb as soon as I go to look it up. The guy that played Sulu in Star Trek, the OG series. Oh, really? Okay, I yeah. know who you're talking about. I don't know the name either, only because I'm not a, I, I'm not a Trekkie. I don't. I've I've only actually well, just I, know of Star Trek. I should I've just never know seen. him from just being mainstream internet. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he is in Red Alert Three. He's the main kind of Empire, the Rising Sun, which was the new faction introduced in Red Alert Three. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and he plays a very very solid character. It's very it's Red Alert, so like everything is kind of cheesy, which I think yes. adds that like extra feel to it, which I find hilarious and awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some of the Tim Curry stuff, and it's it's very funny to look at now because it's just so overplayed. But it like, but back in that back in that day, it worked. 
Yeah, and uh, like back in the original, like the first Red Alert and Command and Conquer games, they weren't even like actual actors most of the time. Yeah, like yeah, the guy, like... the guy who plays Kane in Red or sorry, in Command and Conquer, uh, the, the uh, I don't know, they're alternate history. Both both versions are alternate history. Uh, things uh-huh. about the Command and Conquer line. The guy that plays Kane was like, uh, I don't know exactly his job title, but he was working for Westwood Studios. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, so of those, do you have like an all-time favorite cutscene that you remember by heart, or just an all-time favorite character and scene that you remember? Mm. Favorite? Uh, the most memorable cutscene comes from Command and Conquer 3 Kane's Wrath. Uh, so the DLC version, kind of the expansion, okay. uh, w- w- the expansion before we started calling them DLCs. <laughs> <laughs> well, back in back in my day, we didn't have DLC; we had expansions, and they came on separate discs. <laughs> yeah, they came on separate discs, and they weren't another five hundred dollars. It was maybe twenty at most. Yeah, fifteen, twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, back in my day. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, continue. Basically, that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's one of the opening scenes because in Command and Conquer Three: Kane's Wrath, you're not the commander; you're Legion, which is an AI program that replaced Cabal from Tiberian Sun. Um, for those right. who know what I'm talking about, I I could dive into the lore of it for probably hours. <laughs> Sadly, we uh, don't have uh, hours on our hands. No, so. Uh, <laughs> Brief history. Cabal was an AI that went bad. Uh, Legion is the replacement. Okay. Uh, so you're playing as Legion, and it's kind of like the waking up scene, and Kane entered, like, kind of like reintroducing himself and entering that because Kane's the big, the big quote unquote bad guy. Yet I, uh, uh, I, I played the Brotherhood of Nod and Kane's faction all the time because they're dope and fun, and they have lasers. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically a giant religious sect. So, oh, religion! Um, oh, it's time for like a, a, it's time oh. for a crusade, boys. Yeah, uh, a crusade based on resources. Oh man, it, it, crazy! It, if it, you want to get <laughs> into an RTS and play an RTS, play this one. Some of the old games may be like cheesy looking or bad, but uh, it just it's crazy. It's crazy the alternate history they came up with. <laughs> uh, but to shit on EA, and I'll move this topic to why I said EA took a dive. They released Command & Conquer 4 sometime after 2007. I can't really remember when. I think it might have been 2012. Here, I'll look it up for you. Keep talking. Yeah. Uh, I played 20 minutes of Command & Conquer 4 and shut the damn thing off. Jesus. Uh, yeah. That game, they tried to do something different. I don't know why they tried to do something different. And usually I'm okay with big changes. Like, you make change to kind of progress it. But that shut down that series hard. It did. Uh, <laughs> Command & Conquer 4 came out in 2010. Um, looking on it, it has a 2 out of 10 rating on Steam and a 64% on Metacritic. Yeah, it, it shut down that series hard. And the playstyle, it was completely different for an RTS than the previous games. And the, the Command & Conquer fans probably, and I, I, I'll, I'll speak to this being a fan, is it, it wasn't the same game. It didn't have the same feel. It didn't have the same atmosphere. Um, it didn't have the same kind of overtly hyper active like uh, playing as a brotherhood of nod nod person like you know you have your zerg people you have your brotherhood of nod people <laughs> yeah uh playing as that it didn't have the same crazy just ridiculous overarching theocratic religious hyperosity to it where like everything is about your your objective like the whole goal of the brotherhood of nod i just did not have the same feel the way they did the live action scene seemed less it seemed like they tried to make it less cheesy and more dramatic and it did not work huh all right do they still stick with the same style of cutscenes yeah they stuck with the live action cutscenes. wow uh there was some cheesiness to it like especially near the end but like again, eh, it just they did not play it off very well at all, and it was very unfortunate. 
And that's kind of like, I'm like, okay, EA, if you screwed up that bad, what are you going to screw up next? And, you know, we've seen that with how many games now? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Like, I think the last... I think, like, overall... Jedi Fallen Fall Order is, like, the last game that EA's put out. And it's, like, mixed reviews. Like, you either love it or you don't. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. I want to. I want to give them a chance because it's a Star Wars game. And then, you know, my yeah. hype for Command & Conquer, I still kind of an EA fan. I like to give them a bit of hope. But, I yeah, mean... Yeah, you're, you're one of the hopefuls. You're like, come on, just don't screw it up this year. Don't screw I, it up. Uh, they I, fucked I, it I'm up. one of the hopefuls. I, I keep giving them the benefit of the doubt, but... I don't know. I feel like 2010 was that era of gaming where everything kind of started to go downhill. Yeah, triple A games. Yeah. The AAA yeah. games started focusing more on the money and the more on the quick cash grabs rather than actual game content and building a base. I like, can kind of agree with that. Yeah, 2010 was a very twenty. The twenty ten early twenty tens were a weird time for gaming. Yeah, it was it was a weird transition, and yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for that, Tyler. We're gonna hop in. To our grab bag segment, this is where we have a bunch of smaller segments kind of grouped into one, uh, and we're starting off with, of course, draw of the deck, our weekly recap of news in the TCG world. Uh, and only one uh, thing to keep an eye on, it's uh, in the Pokemon TCG, because Rebel Clash just dropped uh, this past Friday, uh, which, w- day of recording this, it was yesterday, Um so it was Friday, May 1st. It dropped uh, brand new uh, Sword and Shield cards, Tashi and Zamazenta, all new uh, VMAX, I think is what they're called, or GMAX uh, cards. So check them out if you're huge into that Pokemon TCG. Uh, nothing new in the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG right now. Um, if you are looking to get into Yu-Gi-Oh! though, I highly recommend picking up uh, Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution. You get to play through the original... Anime, GX, 5Ds, Zexel, Arc 5, and uh, Vrains all in one place. Uh, play all their key duels as the duelists and collect cards. And I, I, just, I highly recommend the game. It's a fun game. It's on everything now. So check it out if you if you have like 15 bucks on you. Or 20 bucks, I guess, if you're Canadian. And Magic the Gathering. Uh, new expansion's not out till April, sorry, May 15th. Um, and so closer to, I'll talk more about the Ikora expansion coming out for Magic the Gathering. Now we move on to Retro Corner. Uh, this is a little segment that we talk about an old retro game that came out on console or PC years ago. And, uh, keeping on the theme of RTS strategy games, uh, we're going to talk about the only RTS that I've actually ever played. Oh, what's that? Lego Battles. I don't. I don't think I've played that one. <laughs> it's a very pretty. I, I don't know. I want to say it's a very simplified RTS, um, but it's still pretty fun. Um, you had there were six stories, uh, each one for a different faction, um, and uh, two factions were like up against each other. So there was like a good and an evil. So you had the medieval knights against the evil wizard. You had the pirates, who were the good guys, versus the conquistadors. And then you had the spacemen versus the aliens. And uh, each one had, like, different settings from, like, the forest and fantasy world to uh, the oceans and a bunch of islands. And then space. And Yeah, it was very... I played it on the DS. I believe it's out on PC as well. Um, But I might be wrong about that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna fact check real quick, like do, uh, do a quick fact check. Let, I'm gonna let's do, be I'm right gonna, on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a fact check on. Yeah, I can't. Uh, Lego battles. I can't say. It sounds like a kind of just a cheeky little, cheeky little like According kind of spinoff game. Lego battles is a video game developed by Hellbent Games and Co. Published by TT Games Publishing. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> um, Lego battles came out on. Oh no, it was just a DS. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was a very, very unique uh, Lego game uh, 
but it was very fun. It was a very is a is a great way to get into the RTS genre, as it's pretty simple. Touch controls made it very easy to, very reminiscent of like a, how a mouse uh, can select select multiple units and whatnot, and the touch screen made it very accessible. Um, for yeah, that'd be young kids. Good, definitely a kind of a good one in for a younger audience that wants mm-hmm. to try an RTS and that's mobile too so yeah, you don't have to be sitting on a computer exactly uh, and I, I just remember that if you set your day to Christmas you could unlock Santa Claus as one of your cap as your commander that's kind of awesome not gonna yeah. lie Lego Santa Claus in General the game. Santa reporting for duty General- <laughs> ho 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 prepare thy anus <laughs> uh so yeah, that's our Red Hill Corner. Uh, it was I had a fu- it was a fun time. It was it has that charm of a Lego game with the actual strategy of an RTS game. It was very it was awesome. ten out of ten. Would recommend. Uh, we're now moving on to a brand new segment, another brand new segment called Comment Etiquette. Where if you head over to the Tony's Game Lounge Facebook page. There will be a pinned comment where you can ask us any questions, and that's going to be up every Monday for the entire week. Ask us questions there, and we'll answer them right here on the podcast, ready for next week. Uh, and we got three questions, Tyler. I'm excited. And, uh, Sorry, my mic so, is being weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going to start off with a, a light question. This comes in from an Aiden Dingwall. Uh, what is your least favorite rock Pokemon? Least favorite rock Pokemon. Yes. Um, it's kind of a bittersweet least favorite, but also my favorite, uh, Geodudes, because they're everywhere. <laughs> That's a very good point. Very good point. Very much everywhere. Very. Uh, I run into them all the time. <laughs> I would I, I would say a very similar answer, but instead instead of Geodudes for me, it would be Graveler, only because I played a lot of Platinum. And those endgame dungeons are just swarmed with Graveler and Golbats. Yeah, you know what? I totally understand. I get it. <laughs> That's on yeah. Uh, I love they're like uh, on account uh, to counter act. What's your favorite rock Pokemon? Uh, favorite rock Pokemon? Uh, oh, that one doesn't count as a rock Pokemon, but you kind of get it in the same area. The uh, why can't I think of the name? What does it look like? It's a little tiny steel type Pokemon. Aaron? Aron. Aron, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, is it uh is it steel rock or is it steel ground? It might be steel ground. I cannot remember at the top of my head. But um, uh, if I have to pick a rock Pokemon, I'm going with uh with with the Geo dude as well because yeah. I always I usually always have one within like one of my uh builds. Playthroughs. Okay. Uh have you uh did you ever play Sun and Moon? Uh, I never played Sun and Moon. Uh, I, I really have only for the newest ones. I don't think I've actually played many of the newest ones, other than maybe Platinum a little bit. So up to like Gen Four, roughly. Yeah, I stopped collecting them at Emerald Edition. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played all of them. Like I <laughs> gotta catch them all. Uh, but for me, my favorite rock Pokemon is Lycanroc. It's a doggo, and it's a rock type. Ah. Doggos. And, uh, doggos, yeah. Doggos are best Pokemon. Uh, here is... Uh, this one's more specific to me, as uh, we kind of got your answer to it already. And this comes from uh, Matt Studley. What is my favorite game of all time? Uh, for me, personally, it's always up in the air, but uh, Judgment, I've talked about it before. Love that game to death. And um, it's usually up between that and Sleeping Dogs. Those yeah, are like lo- I, yeah, Sleeping yeah. Dogs, that's a good game. It yeah, is. Throwback. I want a sequel, but I don't know if Squeenix will ever release one. Probably not, like many th- games that we want sequels for. Yeah, especially from Square, because Square, like, all they're focusing on is like RPGs now. And now there's like... Uh, the near remasters coming out soon, so that's happening. Yeah, yeah. For my favorite game, obviously, I said this. Uh, the Command and Conquer series basically summed up because that's all my nostalgia. That's how I got into gaming. Yeah. To pick a specific Command and Conquer game, Command and Conquer Three. Uh, all right. Really gotten tuned to that one. It had like the best UI. Um, 
most nostalgia game I'll throw in here is Command and Conquer Tiberium Sun because I spent a lot of time being eight, nine years old playing that game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, and another question from Matt. What are the good and bads of releasing a game in parts, specifically the Final Fantasy VII Remake? And that's a, actually a very good question to ask. Um, for me, I think... I don't know. I don't think... I think that like the bad part is just the waiting for it. Um, because like I like the after like playing through that first forty hours of this first game, like you just I want more, and like we've only really covered the Midgar section of Final Fantasy VII, and there's like so much more. Like there's four discs worth of this game, and we've only touched the first five hours of it from the original. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, I can't speak to Final Fantasy VII. I was never a big Final Fantasy fan, even though I did play it a little bit growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of interested in Final Fantasy the, the Seven, the remake, just because everyone's talking about it. So yeah, I should, should really good. More in, should look more into it and see see what it, uh, it's all about. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can use an example for Life is Strange, if for all Ooh, you guys. Yes, are. absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that game came out in parts and. As much as I don't really like releasing game, like the game releases part because again, I kind of want to play the whole thing at once. At like yeah. I'm impatient that way, but it's also kind of a good thing in a way. And it depends on each company and how your game is. When not Life of Strange did it very well. Uh, it is a story game for those yes. who aren't like wanting to sit in and play for like 15 hours straight you're not going to get through the whole story in one sitting. So them releasing it in parts like they did was wonderful because you could play the two, three-hour part yeah, and not feel drained and burnt out in that game. Yeah, by the end of like the play session, yeah. Yeah, by the end of the play session. So that that's how I took it because I played each release for it and... I, I never got burnt out of the game, and I enjoyed the story all the way through. And I also think on a business side, because that's what I do, uh, it's a good marketing tactic to keep people engaged. So, yeah. 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 It, it keeps the fan base. And you, you want to keep your fan base, so when you do another Life is Strange 2, which is also pretty good. <laughs> has, has Life is Strange 2 released all its parts? I don't know. I haven't dived super into that one like I did Life is Strange. Uh, ah, okay. But uh, Life is Strange 2 does look very, very good. Nice. Nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, so de- yeah, definitely Burnout um, is probably like the... Uh, I don't know. Impatience is the bad, but prevent- prevention from Burnout is the good. But with, I feel like the Burnout one is a very tricky one to apply to like a 40-hour game that's going to get another 40-hour sequel. And it, even though there's the same game, I, I don't know. Um, I'm glad that it's kind of done like this because I can focus on other games when, and knowing that Square and Tetsuya Nomura, the creator of Kingdom Hearts, is like the game director for this, for Final Fantasy VII as well, it's going to be a while. So, uh, yeah, I no, I don't I, know how to feel. <laughs> yeah. It's a complicated question. That's a it very is. good question to ask too. So, um, yeah. I, each company, each game, it, it, it kind of, you kind of have to develop your own strategy for it. Uh, yes, with the Kingdom Hearts creator, he has a habit of releasing games very, very long spaces of time. <laughs> yeah, the Kingdom Hearts three, yeah, it's finally out. It's only the tenth game in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. But granted, I can speak that to like uh, Mountain Blade, their creators. I mean. We've been waiting for Bannerlord for like 10 years, so... Jesus! <laughs> yeah, my brother's more into that than than I was, but uh, he, we've been like following that game forever. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, there is no trophy slash achievement of the week this week, as the games I looked on their trophy lists aren't quite out. Uh, so no trophy of the week this week. Uh, game of the week, though, I'm giving it to Fledgling Heroes for the Switch. Check it out. It looks really fun. There's multiplayer component to it. The customization, like I said, and you're a bird. You're a parrot. Who doesn't want a flying action platformer where you're a parent and you're fighting the lizards, which are a bunch of pirate lizards? 
I mean, that actually sounds quite fantastic. <laughs> it does. Uh, thank you, Tyler, for joining me uh, this week on the for Tony's Game Lounge. Yeah, man. Any any time. This was fun. Uh, where can we find you? Uh, where can we find you on the internet? Right. So I did a poor job of introducing myself. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitch, on TikTok, on Instagram, all as Sir Wiggles the Great. Uh, those are kind of the main platforms that I delve into. I got a Discord server attached to my Twitch account. You can find me there. Uh, being my itty-bitty baby streamer that I am. Uh, yeah, just a just a tech geek trying to make his way in the world here. <laughs> all right. As always, you can find me at Radio Tony on Twitter and at Radio Guy Tony on Instagram. And be sure to go and like our Facebook page, Tony's Game Lounge on Facebook, where I post. That's where I'll be posting the bulk of all the updates. So be sure to follow that. Thank you once again, Tyler, for joining me today. And have a good week, everybody. Have a good week, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's been a wonderful time. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. Tune in every Sunday for new episodes. 